timing with the Lord. And um, who gets off time sometimes? <laughs> we got a few raising their hands. It's important to stay on God's timing and keep in sync with him and, and what he's about. And today is the first day of the fifth month of the Hebrew calendar. It's Av, A-V, Av, is um, the month that we're in. And um, it's important to keep up with this. And it's important, if you want to keep up with God and his timing, we got to be on his timetable and keep up with his calendar. But there's something very significant that um, was to take place, that took place in this month. And I want to share it with you simply because we read the word and not only does it give us revelation, it gives us revelation, but we learn from those that went before us. You kind of learn from their mistakes sometimes, right? And um, this, the ninth day of this month was the day that the big fruit showed up. You know what I'm talking about? Remember those spies that went out? The big fruit showed up on the ninth day of this month. And they had a choice to make. They were either going to be in faith or they were going to be in unbelief. And you know what? They even tasted that fruit. And they had a choice to make. And they chose unbelief. So to keep in God's time, this month it's going to be very important for you to make sure you make the right choices. You have a choice this morning. You're going to hear the word, and you're going to have two choices to make. Are you going to believe in faith? Or are you going to walk out of here in unbelief? We do that. You have that choice every single day. But in this month, this is very important, because in this month, this is what happened to these, the Israelites. They had that choice. They ate the fruit. They had it in their hands. God said, I'm going to take you there. I'm going to give you that. They tasted. They, see, they partook. And they made a choice. And they chose unbelief. So I'm challenging you this month. Be careful who you partner up with. And make sure to be in God's time you, that you make the right choices. If, that you stay in faith and not choose unbelief. Amen. They refused to enter, and they held back in unbelief, and by doing that, they put themselves under a curse. And we don't want to do that, do we? No, we don't. All is a month that presents us with the choice. We can choose to receive a curse. We can choose to break a curse. We can choose to believe God's promise, or we can choose to enter God's blessings. So receive his promise and mix it with faith this month. Something that you said last night as we were talking, I thought about you and kind of your prayer. We, we went to dinner and uh, got Steve back as far as the church house and nobody wanted to get out because it was raining so hard. <laughs> so we sat in the truck and had a little prayer meeting. And as uh, you talked, Dad, and as you prayed, you said something and you said um, that, that we were in a birthing time. Well, that every month has a Hebrew letter associated with it. 
The Hebrew letter for this month is the letter T-E-T, tet, I guess is the way you say it. The letter tet in Hebrew, guess what it is? It's a picture of a womb. You talked about last night that we, that was a prophetic word that you prayed and that you gave because you said we are in a birthing time right now at Ascension Church. That we are getting ready, and I'm telling you, the baby is in the canal. I mean, it's like right there. It is fixing to come out. And, and Rob was even saying as they were beginning to, to uh, paint outside, he felt like that was something new that was happening, that was a transformation is getting ready to take place, something new. But, that, but it's no, it's no um, we're right on time. We are right on time. That word that you gave goes right with the very month that we are entering in. So I know that um, this month, as we advance through our partnerships and with what we we, uh, decide to believe in, that birthing is going to take place. And the new that's going to come out of here is going to be life-changing because it's going to change our community. It's going to change this place. And, and like the outside is changing, we're, the outside of us, we, we change as every day. God's wanting to change the inside of us is more important, I realize. He starts from the inside out. We've kind of started from the inside out. We've started doing things, and we're on the outside. But I know that, that the, the, the letter for this month, and that as it resembles that womb, I know that that's very important for us to remember because not only is God wanting to birth things here, He's got new ideas. He's got new uh, things for each one of us to birth, a new season of your life. I'm not talking about having a baby. Don't get scared. Get it? You understand what I'm saying? There's a new season to walk in in this month. It's all okay. Y'all take deep breath. It's okay. I understand some of this may be hard to wrap your head around sometimes. It's important to not be on God's calendar. We need to know these things. I'm telling you. Because we don't want to make the same mistakes that the Israelites made. Because that fruit is being offered to us. It's here for us. So you have that choice. You going to step out in faith, or are we going to stay in unbelief? So I, I choose faith. We choose faith, don't we? We choose faith. We choose God. We choose your faith. We choose to go with you. We choose to be a part of the birthing process of Ascension Church and what you have for us, that apostolic center, uh, that outpost what this place is looking like as you begin to it's like uh what's that word more metamorphosize into what we are becoming into we're stepping into that and sometimes that birthing process you ever been around a woman having a baby it isn't pretty sometimes they yell scream (laughs) some guys are there and they take one look and faint it's ugly I'm hearing a testimony over here. It gets ugly sometimes. It's messy birthing. But you know what comes out? Good. <laughs> and that's where then we all come in because then we've got we to raise the baby. And that baby is the new thing that God's wanting to do here at Ascension Church. That's going to take all of us. It's going to be good, I'm telling you.
going to have to trust me on that. Y'all can stand. <laughs> That's all I have. I, we're getting ready to receive our offering. I was supposed to mention this last week. We have several ways to give. You can put it in that flower pot and sow your seed, or you can sow your seed by a text, or you can sow your seed by online giving. So if you are interested in that, I can help you out with that. And I have set it up. I think Richard and I have reoccurring where you just can set it up and it'll just take it right out every month or every week. And you don't have to really think about it too much other than when you get an email that says, we just took this money out of your account. And you're like, oh, hope I have that in there. But uh, no, but um, you can do it for just a one time. So um, this is going to be a church offering. This um, helps keep things going, keeps lights on, and we bless others. We give out of this. And so I just thank you all that you continue to give to support Ascension. And as the name says, we are going up. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. And we bless this offering. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Not for sure what we're doing next, but it's going to be good. Are y'all ready to receive from our guest, from what he has to say from the Lord? Well, there's one or two that's ready. Bonnie, screw me. You know what? Um, I thought about Angie while you were talking about the spies. The majority had unbelief. The minority are the one that said, we can take it. What does that remind you of? The remnant, maybe? Maybe the remnant? I want to eat them big grapes. Yeah. Uh, I just had one word for, um, I think your name is John. John. Um, I just asked the Lord about you, and um, it was like he showed me this picture, and there was a big check mark. And the only thing I could think of in the scripture, and I, ha I don't think this has anything to do with you probably, but I think it might have been in Ezekiel where the, he was told to go and mark people with ink. You remember that story? I don't know where it is, but it's in there somewhere. <laughs> But anyway, that's what kind of triggered my mind on this big check mark. And he's got a big check mark on you because you are a marked man for blessing. He wants to pour out his blessings on you that you'll be like a conduit to help other people. And that's in your heart. That's really in your heart. And I just ask the Lord to fulfill your dreams that you have about that. In Jesus' name. Bless you. If you don't know John Watson, we'll get to know him. Well, we need some help after church because we're going to eat tonight and we need tables set up. So we need some some power to help set up some tables. And we've got another little project back there we need to do. And... Uh, Tonight will be a very special time. Not that this time is not. This is very special also. But uh, there will be some others gather with us that are interested in continuing to promote the kingdom of God. 
And we're just going to meet, and our agenda is to get in the Lord's presence and see what he's got to say to us. So uh, be praying for tonight. Bring your sandwich stuff, your salads and such as. At uh, 6 o'clock, we're going to eat. So uh, I know there's some desserts I've heard of already been made, and I don't know what else. So everybody know about that? Yes. Now, Church, this is a time for you to enter into more of what God's doing. And I challenge you to come be a part of it. Most of you know Steve Youngblood. Steve's been a part of our church for probably the past 20 years or so. And uh, he's got a word for us this morning. He's from the Branson area, has a church up there, and that's when we talk about going up there to that church and those meetings. This is who we meet with. So uh, come on, let's stand up and bless the Lord. Let's welcome Steve as he comes this morning. I have a word for you guys. And I've seen you in a vision all morning. And you reminded me of Hannah when she came to the house of the Lord and she inquired of the Lord about a child. And Eli watched her I want to say this to you guys today. If someone is getting personal ministry, there's parts of it that are for you. Amen. So get hold of things that God says to you and apply faith to it. But she was praying, but words weren't coming out. Her spirit was so broken, empty, yearning, full, everything. She couldn't put it in words. And the Bible says that the same way the Spirit helps us with groanings too deep for words. And I saw you praying this way. And it's been going on a while. You're praying about things that are very dear to you, but affects you both. And uh, I saw, uh, you don't have to be very prophetic to see this, but I saw a rainstorm come up like we had last night. And I saw this piece of property that was your property and it was, I guess, just around the house is several acres, but it was just a pretty nice piece of property. But there were, there, were, there were parts of it that were in brambles. There were parts of it that, like there might have been a little ravine or something, and there was rocks, and there were brambles, and it was just so difficult 
that you couldn't get into it. You couldn't get in to till it. You couldn't get in to plant it. You couldn't. You just couldn't get into it. It was so thick. And it doesn't represent your physical property, but it represents what what's yours and who's yours. And there's parts of what's yours that you can't get into. <laughs> and you yearn and you long and your spirit cries out to God. And if you would, you'd fix it. If you could, you'd, you'd hit it. And that happens all the time to you. It's not only about what's yours in terms of your physical f home or family, but it's in the spirit God takes you and shows you things and places and people and you, you don't know what to do. So you just pray. You just pray and you just yearn and you cry. And you can't get the words out. Your mouth moves, but the words can't come out. And here's what the Lord told me. He says, I'm bringing a visitation. I bring a visitation to you. I'm bringing you a visitation. And it's like that rainstorm comes down. And what you can't get to, my water can. My water can get right in there. There's nothing that he can't touch by his presence. There's nothing he can't touch by his spirit. And things are going to shift. And you're going to have, you're going to rise up on wings of eagles. And you're going to run and not grow worry. And you're going to say, that's amazing. I tried. I couldn't do anything. And everybody in this room has those places in our garden, in our yard. We have those places in our lives. And what we've got to have is we've got to have a visitation. But I'm prophesying to you that it's here. It's not just coming. It's here. It's here. It's here. If you can hear it. If you will receive it, it's here. And the water in the scripture represents God's word or God's words. And I'm not talking about his word and your thinking and the way you think about doctrines or truths that are established or that you know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's thoughts and his words, his ideas, his revelation, him talking to you and around you and talking to people around you that you don't even realize he's talking to or that they're listening, but they are. Because he said, you're cleansed by the washing of water by the word. And every time God does something, every time he makes something, he does it with words. He speaks it into existence. There isn't anything more important than his words. And you're going to get flooded with revelation and with thoughts of God and with words, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of them, greater than the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. The thoughts about God 
are going to so overwhelm you that your mouth will move, but you're not going to be able to put it out there. It's kind of better felt than felt, you know what I'm saying? And you have to have this. You need this today. When I say today, I'm not talking about Sunday morning, whatever day it is. I'm talking about this season in the Lord, this, this next run, the, the next time. Is this making sense to you? So, Father, I bless my sister. I bless this couple. I bless this family. They have been willing to carry. Sometimes they have not known what to do. They can't figure it out in their heads. They just shake their heads. But you know. You're really, really smart. You know. And you've got it all figured out. And so we'll receive the rain. We'll just receive the rain and we'll be still and know that you're God. We'll just go ahead and be caught up in your presence. And we'll just stay a while with you because your ways are higher than ours. Your thoughts are higher than ours. And when our wisdom fails, your wisdom never fails. And so we'll just put our eyes on you We'll just trust you. And we'll just do the next thing you tell us to do. But we'll know that there's torrents. There's cascades. There's rivers. There's waters that are surrounding us. There's torrents. There's rivers. There's waters of your words. And heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will not. They will not return void. Would everybody just take a minute and receive that? Just if you want to, raise your hand like a funnel and say, God, I want to go ahead and enter into a visitation. I want to go ahead and enter into your visitation. I want to come into the times that you have set for me. We want to come into the times that you have set for us. And it's not our wisdom. It's not our understanding. It's not our insights. It's yours. It's not according to our great ingenuity or intellect, but it's yours. It's according to your mercy and your kindness and your grace and your wisdom. How many of you can say in that word you re there was a part of it that was for you? Just raise your hand. And it's not so I know. I just want God to know you're receiving. This is an act of faith. And just give him a praise offering and thank him. So I receive, Lord. I receive. Do what I can't do. Do what man cannot do. I just receive. 
I just want to take a few minutes this morning and share with you uh, from a couple of places in Scripture, and uh, I guess we'll start, one of them will be in Psalms 139, so if you'll just turn there with me, what a ma amazing verse or chapter. Lord, thou hast searched me and hast known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it at all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before, and you have laid your hand on me. I want you to see him doing that, wrapping himself around you and laying his hand on you. Such knowledge is too wonderful wonderful for me it's too high I cannot attain it where can I go from your spirit where can I flee from your presence if I ascend to heaven you're there if I make my bed in Sheol behold thou art there if I take the wings of the dawn and dwell in the remotest part of the sea even there thy hand will lead me and thy right hand will lay hold of me if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to thee and the night is as bright as the day, because darkness and light are alike to thee. For thou didst form my inward parts. Thou, Lord, we remind you of that with Lisa today. Amen. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. My soul, my frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me. Your life's already planned out. He's got a book. Every step is written down. When as yet there was not one of them. It was planned out before you even woke up from the womb. Look at this next verse real close. How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I'm awake, I'm still with thee. So think about this. How precious are your thoughts? Now, that's not his thoughts about you, although he thinks about you. He's diligent. He's, he's completely acquainted with your ways. He knows how many hairs are on your head today. 
he's already measured out the steps that you're going to walk in life. He, he knows his destiny for you. But he's talking about the thoughts that he has for you so, so that you can think what he thinks. It's like the library that he, you know, and so the battleground's in your mind. You become what you eat. You become what you think. And if we only think in certain ways or about certain things, and that's our thought diet, then we're only going to act in certain ways. We're only going to deal or walk in certain things. But David is saying, your thoughts for me, in other words, the thoughts that you have designed for me to think, the ruminations that will go through my mind, the meditations that I will spend my time gazing upon, the word pictures that will frame my existence. They're innumerable. Some of you are still thinking the same old thoughts from 30 years ago. And you think you got a corner on God's truth, on the market of God's truth. You haven't even started to understand who God is. A.W. Tozer said the most important thing about a man is what that man thinks about when he thinks about God. Some of you never think about God. You think about your bank account. You think about mowing your yard. You think about the problem you have with your riding lawnmower. You think about the next project you're going to do or how your life is going to end up or what the future holds for you. Or you think about your kids or you think about all kinds of stuff. But you don't think about God. And the most important thing about a man is what he thinks about when he thinks about God. And the reason why you don't know him is you don't think about him. And he is constantly talking to us and revealing himself to us if we'll hear it. He says, if you'll search for me, you'll find me if you search for me with all your heart. You can't do this half-heartedly. Look at what he said here in this passage. He said, Thou dost scrutinize my path, my lying down, and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. That's the Lord looking at you, scrutinizing you, seeing if you're walking in the steps that he ordained or not. For instance, in the garden, he said, don't eat of this tree. Every other tree you can eat of, but don't eat this tree. And the Lord was scrutinizing their path, and one day he realized they ate of the tree. And now there's a problem. Because they're not following his words. They're not following his ways. And so the Lord literally drives them out of the garden. Says, that's it. I'm not coming down here to walk with you anymore in the cool of the day. 
and, and, and we've got a recovery program started now for you. We're going to have to reboot everything. I'm going to have to send a replacement to die in your place. That's going to be my son. And I'm not going to let you get to that tree of life. I'm going to keep you from that tree of life, which, by the way, they never forbade. He never forbade them to eat the tree of the fruit of life. He told them, don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life they were able to eat of. And they choose to do the opposite thing that they should have chose. Because they let something else or someone else get a hold of their thoughts and give them some crazy ideas. And they chose to follow a different voice than this voice that was giving them all the thoughts. How else did they name all those creatures and plants and bugs and everything else? I mean, these people were incredibly, well, it's not, incredible is not a good word, but they were incredibly smart. Way smarter than we are today. They were managing everything that God created. And he said, but in the day you eat this, you'll die. Guess what? They ate and death and decay set in them and he drove them out of the garden why did he do that? He put them in a recovery program. They needed to go into a recovery program to recover what they had lost. But I'm amazed with this idea that God scrutinizes my path. And I never scrutinize his path. I don't diligently seek him to see if I can find him. I don't think about him. When there's so many thoughts to think about him that every waking moment and even dream moment of my life, I could fill it with the wonderful knowledge of God and who he is and how he works and what he's doing. And I found out to hear him is to see him. The eyes that I'm looking for aren't naturalized, they're spiritualized, they're called the eyes of faith. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by these words or these thoughts that he has made available to me in absolute abundance. A.W. Tozer said something else that amazes me. How do I know you're not thinking about him? Because of the dumb things you say. Some people have a diarrhea of stupid coming out of their mouths. All they can think about is Trump. All they can think about is politics. His ways are higher than my ways. You're leaning to your own understanding. Instead of in all of your ways acknowledging God, you're thinking about the wrong things. And guess what it'll do? It'll get you driven out of the garden. Because he loves you. And he'll put you in the recovery program. 
In fact, we all are graduates, kind of. We're graduating. We're all moving through the recovery program. Thank God for the recovery program. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Another thing A.W. Tozer said is you can have as much of God as you want. And in fact, you already do. You say, why don't I know God as well as this person or that person? Well, you don't want to. That's your fault. That's your problem. Because his promise is that if you seek me, you'll find me if you seek for me with all your heart. And so you're living in a land called maybe terrible or in a land called less than the best, or you might be living in a land called good, or you might be living in a land called okay, okay, but you're not living in a land that flows with milk and honey. You're not living in a land called best, a land called great. Because the only way you can get there is to follow his word directions. And you haven't even yet understood that he is giving you directions word by word. They're like breadcrumbs that you follow. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what I want you to get is it's all because we don't value his words. So you cannot separate him from his words. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You can't want him more than you want his words because his words and him are the same. And I'm not talking about just the doctrines, the major doctrines and all the biblical knowledge we pick up in school. I'm talking about living in fellowship with him where we're in constant, unbroken communication. Some of you don't even think that can happen. You've never encountered that, but let me tell you, it's where peace, sweet peace, comes from. It's where joy, unspeakable and full of glory, comes from. It's how to enter into the rest of the Lord. It's how faith grows on the inside of you. It's where miracles happen. It's where healings are every day. He sent his words and he healed them. It's where prosperity is at its greatest because he's a great manager of stuff. He created it all. He knows how it produces. But you think you got it figured out already, huh? We're not hungry enough for him yet. And I, don't, I know I'm putting this in a negative, but I'm going to put this, I want to put it in a positive in a minute. But, but, oh God, that we would hunger and thirst after you, knowing that hungering and thirsting after you, most charismatics think that means they're searching for a feeling. They think when they go to church and get a blessing that they're going to feel good, that they're going to get a blessing, they're going to get a little sod of endorphins or whatever it is that makes them feel good. No, that's not what a blessing is. A blessing is when the patriarch leans on his staff, lays hands on his sons, and speaks life, prophesies, speaks the word of the Lord. 
Your connection to God is all based on you hearing his words. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. When you get this, you'll begin to comprehend and see what God actually did when he gave us his son. Because what happened in the people when Jesus started talking, when Jesus started talking, people listened. They went, huh, he's, he talks like he knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna come hear more from this guy. And when you hear God talk, you'll go, oh, these are words of life. These are words of authority. These are words that produce understanding. But you gotta hear that for yourself. You, you get to hear that for yourself. It is the way that you get to know him as you fellowship with him. He already knows you. He scrutinized your path. You just don't scrutinize his. You went to Bible college and then closed the book. Thought you had it all figured out. You read your daily promise thing out of your little promise keepers thing on your kitchen table and went through the whole day and didn't meditate on another scripture or another attribute of God or another way of God. But then some of you have learned to abide in him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, the, and some of you are learning to abide, and, and prayer isn't an afterthought. Prayer is always your first thought. Lord, we come to you where two or three are gathered. Lord, you said whatever we ask in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, help me understand. Give me understanding. What's your will with regard to this? And some of you learned that prayer isn't us telling God what to do. It's us asking God what he's going to do and then getting an agreement with it. We don't tell God what to do. He, we ask him. Then he tells us what he's going to do. He'll tell us through scripture. He'll tell us through special revelation. And then we get an agreement with it. And the thing is, is that we want to tell him what to do, especially on the timing issues. And then we get frustrated if the timing doesn't fit our, 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 our plans, our calendars, our clocks. He says, no, 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 my ways are higher than yours. Some of you are upset because he doesn't move the mountain. Did you know there are some mountains you're supposed to climb and some mountains he'll move? And he's not going to move the ones you're supposed to climb because you're going to get more out of climbing it than you are in him moving it. So in Psalms 139, David says, these words, these thoughts, that's why he had to write Psalms. That's why he had to teach his son Solomon, he had the, that's why he was such a profoundly great leader in Israel. It was because he lived, well, let's just read how he lived. Turn, turn to one, Psalms chapter 119 and look at how David wrote about these things. You can pick about any verse in Psalms 119 and it'll say the same thing, but I'm just, I just, I'm just going to, 
I'm just going to start with <laughs> uh, 149. Well, let's read 148. How about it? My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on thy word. <laughs> 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments of tr are truth. Of old I have known from thy testimonies, they have founded them forever. Psalms 154, plead my cause and redeem me, revive me according to thy word. Psalms 159, consider how I love thy precepts. Revive me, according, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. The sum of thy word is truth. And every one of thy righteous ordinances is everlasting. You can go on and on throughout the right. And, and you think about this guy. He's just a little shepherd boy in Israel that continually stayed his mind on Jesus. I woke up this morning and my mind was stayed on Jesus. I sought him. Look, Jesus isn't hiding from you. Jesus has given you his words. He's, when he came to earth and he began to speak, people flocked to hear him. Are you with me? Look at, look at John chapter 17. Look at John chapter 17. It's just, it's just replete throughout all the scripture how important is his words. John 17, he says... Um, I've tried to just pick out a key passage. Someone may need to help me here. My eyes are scanning. He says, I've given them my words, thy words, and they have kept the words. Does anybody see that verse in there? All right, Psalm 17, 8. So for the words that thou hast given me, I have given to them and they have received them. And they've truly understood that I came forth from thee, and they believe that thou didst send me. And then if you, if you just keep reading through that passage, you begin to see the importance of the conversations Jesus was having with those disciples and the words that he was giving them, and that they only valued him as much as they valued his words. And if they would keep his words, he could keep them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that that's how he kept them, was by keeping them in his words. And so I was listening to Rob share yesterday, and he was visiting with a guy at a store, a vendor, and the guy was just going on and on, and Rob needed to get out of there. And he says, I was kind of looking for my exit. And I said, what do I do here, Lord? And the Lord said, you're doing it. I want you to stay right here. And he says, I unfolded my arms. I stayed there another half hour and just talked to the guy. You know what that is? That's a man who's listening for the words of God. He's living his life according to the words of God. And a lot of Christians never know that God will talk to them that way. That God will guide their every step that way. See, we're voice activated. 
We're voice directed. We don't move until we have a word. We patiently wait for the word, for the instruction, for the direction. Are you with me so far? What time is it? Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm not, I've already eaten up my time and I've barely got started, so I've, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna wear you out, but I want you to know that the words are so important. I hope some of you will come, I hope all of you will come back tonight. I'll, maybe I'll try to share the core of this tonight, but I've used up my time here this morning. But he has come and he is, he is, let's just do it this way. Let's have a play. You want to? Let's end with a play. How many actors do I have in here? Okay, here's one actor. I need actors that are good readers. Okay? All right. Yeah, we're probably, so I need you to go stand right there on stage. And who's this girl back here? Cherish, bring your Bible with you and come stand up over here. We're going to end with a play. I need about six actors. Come on. Stand over on this side, ma'am. Other side, Cherish. No, don't be sorry. You're doing great. We're going to get this. Let's have some fun. Anybody else going to be an actor? You've got to read with feeling and emotion. Come on, Brother John. John, stand right back there in that corner. Angel? Is this Angel? Angel, stand right here in the center hall of the aisle right there. One, two, three, four. I need two more. Who's going to help me? Come on, you're just keeping yourself here longer. Help me out. Melissa? I saw you on family night. I saw you. Come on, Melissa, are you going to do it? She's going to do it. She's moving in a positive way. Right in the aisle right there. I need one person over there. Who'd you say? Rhonda. Rhonda? Come on, Rhonda. I need help. You got to rescue this sermon. It's going down. I got to have, I'm going down in flames. <laughs> Get your Bible. And open it to Proverbs chapter 8. Everybody open it to Proverbs chapter 8. Rhonda, are you going to help me? I'm trying to get my glasses. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> Can you go over there and stand? Okay. So we're going to do a play. And the script is Proverbs chapter 8, and, this, and then the other rest of the script is Proverbs chapter 1. So we're going to do chapter 8, 1 first. And I'm going to open the chapter. I'll, be, I'll read it. And then I want every person to read one verse and just indiscriminately, don't try to read in order, just pick it up. And I want you to read one verse very loud with feeling. And, 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 and I want you to 
let the others read. And then when it comes back around, you read the next verse. And I think if all of us read three or four verses, we'll get through this whole chapter. It's only 35 lines. Okay. And it's Proverbs chapter 8. And then, and I, and I hope you, hope you let your spirits open up to what his spirit is saying. So I'm going to read the first three verses, and then John, you're going to start from the back, and you're each going to read one verse. And then as soon as one person finishes, the next person's going to read, and you're going to, you're going to yell it. You're, you're going to cry out. You are going to, you're going to be this verse. Okay? Does not wisdom call? An understanding lift up her voice. You can read along with us in Proverbs 8 if you want to. On the top of the heights beside the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, at the opening to the city, and at the entrance of the door, she cries out. Go ahead, John. Over here. Right here. Over here. Over here. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing contrary to truth or perverted in them. Right here. There are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. John. <coughs> Ten. Ten. Follow along. Next. I wisdom well together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discernment. Next. Whoever is fair and worshipful of the Lord, the hatred of evil is pride, arrogance the evil way, and perverted interests speak high things. Next. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power and strength are mine. Next. Be my king's reign. Next. On me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges and governors of, of the earth. Go ahead, pick it up there. Right here. Is it your turn? Okay, go. Sorry, I've got my glasses off. I love them. in the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures 
mountains were settled before the hills I was born. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. Is it John? Yeah. When he prepared the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep and stretched out the firmament over it. When he established the clouds by the strength of the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command. Speak loud. Rejoicing in the world, his inhabited earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Amen. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not confuse or neglect it. Blessed is a man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever and actors just stay where you are turn to Proverbs 1 but I want to make a couple of comments to our audience can you hear wisdom crying out from different places did you know that that's actually happening out here on the streets of Skytook today that wisdom is crying out that he doesn't limit his preaching to just church There's no excuse for not finding God because if wisdom was crying out in Proverbs chapter 8, it's still crying out today. Amen. And the key to understanding Proverbs 8 is understanding that Proverbs, that, that wisdom is a person. Wisdom isn't a concept. It's not a thought. It's not just real smart thinking. Wisdom is a divine being. And if you look at the chapter, if you look at that whole chapter, he said, I was there when the earth was made. I was there when a circle was inscribed on the face of the deep. And he says, he says, my father was rejoicing in me, but I was having my delight in you. Jesus was enamored with us. He was overtaken with us. He was having his delight in the sons of men. Why or how did he put up with those numbskulls in the New Testament, the 12 and the 70? Why did he do it? I'll tell you why. They were his delight. That's why we put up with two-year-olds. That's why we change babies' diapers, because they're our delight. And that's why we put up with what goes on in our world, Amen. in our government, and in our city, is because our Lord's delight is in the sons of men. And wisdom is constantly crying out to the sons of men. And he promises 
Jesus promises enduring wealth. He said, by me, kings rule and reign. You and I will be successful in life if we'll live by his words. I just spent an hour, half hour, whatever, telling you it's all about his words. And this is telling you that wisdom, Jesus, the wise words, he's crying out. When he came to earth, it was so he could cry out. So we could get to know his father, so that we could hear his words, so that we could recognize, we could reconnect, we could finish the restoration program. He sent his word and healed me. He washes me with the washing of water by his words. And constantly meditating on his words. But I want to tell you, there's great promises if you'll love wisdom. And if you'll search for her. And if you'll esteem her higher than gold. But I want to tell you, there's also great warnings. And there's great destructions if you don't heed her. Let's start in Proverbs chapter 1. Let me turn there. And we're going to do the same little skit. But just using a different script. Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear, a wise man will hear, a wise man will hear, a wise man will listen and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Go ahead, John. Yep. Next, stay in the same order or whatever order you use. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She lifts her voice in the noisy square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. Keep going. How long, O simple ones, that are open to evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers, will you delight in scoffing and self-confident fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. Counsel, I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. 
your disaster. I will mock when your dread and panic come. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then they will call upon me wisdom, but I will not answer. They will seek me early and diligently, but they will not find me. For they hated knowledge, they would not fear the Lord. Since they would have not accept my advice, and the sun have rebuke. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own ways, and be satiated with their own devices. For the, for the turning away of the naive will kill them, and the careless ease of the fools will destroy them. Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Thank you, guys. I'm trying to make a point that wisdom is crying out. Everywhere wisdom is crying out. And it will even cry out in your heart and you can even become part of the voice of wisdom. Amen. You can become. And as we close today, as I close, I want to hear wisdom from this group. Because when you leave these doors, Angie told me about an exercise that you did where you went for a half hour and just walk the streets of this city and found someone to minister to. You know what you're doing? You were becoming wisdom that cried out. You were obeying the commands of Jesus, going into all the world and preaching the gospel. And folks, that's our job. You don't get an award for coming to church. That's, if you can't do that, you don't know God. <laughs> you know why most people don't come to church? because they've been taught that you come here to get your blessing. Let me just tell you right now, I don't care if you get a blessing or not for coming to church. That would be enticing you after man's wicked, selfish desires. Let me tell you why I want you to come. Because I need to see you. Because there's children here and teenagers and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters that need to see you. They don't need to imagine you sitting on your couch watching it on Facebook Live. You big baby, you. All you want is someone to put a bottle in your mouth and feed you. Bless me. Bless me. No, we're here to be a blessing. You need to come because people need to see your smiling face. Because people need to feel your hand in their hand, shaking it, saying, it's good to see you. Because people need you to pray for them. It's not about you. It's about you being a voice of wisdom. And sure, we need to encourage one another. That's why he says, don't forsake this, summing yourself together. Because we need to encourage one another. But imagine when you were lost and out on the streets of this city or some city. And you couldn't find your way. And somehow, somewhere, there was a preacher, or there was a song, or there was a church, or there was a radio announcer, or there was someone that got through to you, maybe a boss, a friend, a co-worker, maybe a mother, a father, that got through to you with words of wisdom, words of life. Now you are the voice of wisdom. You are the body of Christ, right? Yes. Wisdom is Jesus, right? So he says, you go into all the world and you preach wisdom. You speak the gospel.
So right now, in your mind's eye, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to drive down the city streets, and I want you to walk into Walmart or the gas station. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to, in your mind's eye to go through the neighborhood to see your neighbor. And I want you out of your spirit, out of the wealth, the storehouse that's been stored up inside of you. I want you to begin to declare the wisdom of God for the individual persons that you're thinking of. Because they're suffering out there. They're lost, just like you were lost. And it's your words that will guide them in. And so I'm going to start, and we're just going to end this way. This is my word. Come unto Jesus, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and my load is light. Someone else, what's some wisdom you have you can share? His words are spirit and life. Amen. Establish my footsteps in your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Keep going. That's what, I love that one. Someone else. I love that one. Oh, I love that one. That's awesome. How many people need to hear that one, kiddo? Bunch of people. Someone else. Let's let wisdom cry out in this room today. Yes. Yes. If he is in heaven, so are we here on this earth. Yeah, to me, if I'm out at Walmart, I'm not going to be quoting scripture. I understand that. So yeah. I'm saying, I see that you're sick. I see that you're hurting. And, and I've been in your place. And I have hope for you. And that hope is Jesus. And your destiny is good. And the plans that God has for you are good. And you can't, there is hope for you. And hopelessness must go in Jesus' name. I got a group of friends I'd like for you to meet. Come church with me. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. It really is going to be okay. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus when, loves you. You're not alone. You're, exactly. You, you, got, you got my point, right? We don't have to belabor it. The only way you're going to become the voice of wisdom is if you honor his words. And you meditate on them continually, day and night. I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to dismiss, and we'll continue this tonight. Father, I thank you for your people. And I thank you for activating this church to service. And for helping us to see that our mission field's right here. It's right here. And I ask you to help us become the voice of wisdom crying out in the streets of our city. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, did we hear the word? Some of you got involved in the word. Rhonda, forgive me for volunteering you. <laughs> An angel. 
Josh, you're next. I've already volunteered him to help with the labor. Let's sow into Steve's ministry. Just ask the Lord. We're going to just bless him with a love offering. So whatever God tells you, just sow into it. If he doesn't tell you something, it's okay. We're just going to bless the Lord. Gentlemen, come ahead. Lord, we're sowing into the kingdom of God. We thank you. Steve makes no demands. Lord, we just thank you for the word we've heard this morning now. And we sow into your kingdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you like family dinners? In the heavens. I, I feel sorry for you if you don't now. Standing open in front of me. But you know what's not good about a family dinner? Like a you know what I don't like about it? Saying, Come up when, I, I, when somebody that's part of your family is not there. Now she thinks it's pie, but that's not it. <laughs> My favorite pie was either hot or cold. It didn't make any difference. But listen, the dinner tonight, I'm the papa. And I'm looking for my family. I want you to be there. Just bring your whatever goes with sandwiches and salads and whatever. Just bring it. Any other word this morning? Lord, we thank you. We thank you that wisdom still cries out, Lord, that you haven't given up. That we're part of your kingdom. We're your idea. Lord, I speak blessings over the people. I thank you that your word never returns void. In Jesus' name, amen. Six o'clock. We're going to eat first. Byron and David, I think, knows what we need about the tables and chairs and and we got a little project upstairs we need to move down to. Yeah, it's bad.